When I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could be real. Then through all the noise and confusion, I believed it was all an illusion. The world had faded black and white. Nothing seemed to be right. But now I know that how it goes is that my dreams never die. As long as I keep the magic inside me alive, do you believe in magic? Previously, in Series 3, Episode 1, Joe met the creatures by the creek and fell flat on her face, landing on the muddy creek bank. They witnessed a school bag sinking to the bottom of the creek. Joe returned to the village wet, muddy, and in a slurpedown's rage. Pepper and Iki instructed Joe on how to wash her dirty clothes with snot glue and lemon juice. Jeffrey was very sick, and Joe was hoping her mother would hurry up and get home. He seemed to have a fever, and his skin was becoming clammy and pale. Just don't know where Mum is. She should have been home an hour ago. She thought that it would be a good idea to call out and try to get her aunt's attention. Aunt Pepper, please come to my home. Jeffrey is sick, and I am here by myself. Bring some medicine that can help him heal. Mum is away, and it's a big deal. There was a crash in the kitchen, and Joe ran from Jeffrey's bedroom to investigate. Sitting on the floor under the kitchen table was Iki with a bottle in her hands. Somebody sick needs some medicine, do you? Mm. Smelly girl in trouble again. Don't know how she does it. Okay, Iki, you've made your point. Where is Aunt Pepper? I called for her. I know, but she is very busy in a meeting with the bunny-up. Seems somebody fell into the creek and had to be saved. Don't know why people are so stupid. That stupid person you talk about would be my brother. And he is very sick. Possibly it's because he swallowed some of the green sludge. Do you think that it's poisonous? He's in a terrible mess. Joe, they say that the sludge is very poisonous to the fish. What will it do to your brother? I think But we need to take him back to the village. Peppy may have some bush medicine available. I think that the medicine I brought will not work. How long do we have before your mother's due? This is a disaster! Mum is already late and I can't take him to the village. Firstly, he doesn't know about the gobble waters and the slurp it downs. And if he finds out, I don't know what he will do. He may want to tell all his friends. I don't think he is the type to keep a secret. 
We can take him to Peppy's, fix him up, then bring him home and, and magic his memory from him. Oh, is it like when you remove the memory from Mum at my 10th birthday party? How do you do that, Iki? Oh, it's easy. You just hypnotise him into thinking it was all a dream. We use this technique when people stumble into our village. It's the only way to go. You mean people have actually wandered into the village? Sometimes they stumble into our village so we magic their memory away and send them back to where they started. It's okay. It doesn't hurt. It just confuses them a bit. Let's hurry and get Jeffrey to the village. He is looking horrendous. The two friends managed to travel Jeffrey. He had fallen asleep, so it made their attempt easy. Aunt Pepper came running out of her home when she saw them arrive in the village square. What on earth is this all about? And why is Jeffrey with you? Oh, goodness, he is not at all well. What has happened? He has been poisoned. It's all the chemicals that are oozing into the creek. Sadly, as soon as we clean up the sludge, more seeps into the creek. I have enough antidotes to start healing him, but I feel he may need a large course if we're going to help him recover. We will have to collect some more, and that's not going to be easy. A meeting will have to be arranged with the clam people. Clam people? Who are they? And where do we find them? The clam people live under the ocean. We need to follow Cork Upper Ripple Creek into the sea to find their underwater town. Are they mermaids? I've always wondered if they exist. No, my dear. They're clam creatures. They monitor the Earth's changes under the ocean and report back to us. It seems with global warming, things are turning upside down. It's harder to balance the world's environment. Lots of creatures are in danger of extinction. Will Jeffrey be okay? Have you enough knowledge to heal him? Oh, yes, we've studied all about the poison and how to treat animals. I guess humans aren't much different. We've been treating many creatures that live in the creek. The trouble is, we have also lost a lot of deer, animal and bird friends. If we get to them in time, there's no trouble. But if we don't find them when they're first exposed, it's harder to treat them. It's getting to a point where we're all worried about eating anything out of the creek. Some days the water is covered with green sludge. Then we know to stay away from the water. But what about the fish you catch? It could be dangerous to eat. We only fish on the days when there's been a huge tide and the water is crystal clear. But yes, there could be a chance that the fish may be poisoned. We have to take the chance. We need to eat. Usually we find the fish that swim at the bottom don't come up to the surface where the poison is floating. They are okay. And because we fish when there's no sludge on the top, they don't come into contact with the poison. Aunt Pepper, I think that fishing in the creek should be stopped. There really is no indication that the fish are okay. Maybe you're all taking a terrible risk eating any of the fish from the water. What am I doing here? Don't worry about where you are, Jeff. The sludge made you very sick, so we brought you to Aunt Pepper's house to get you well. She lives in the bush and knows what to do when things like this happen. I must be dreaming. Aunt Pepper doesn't live in the bush. She sleeps in the spare room downstairs. Joe, are you really there or is it my imagination? Come on, Joe. It's time to travel home. Don't worry about Jeffrey. We will put him to bed and I will look after him throughout the night. There's still some medicine left in my bottle. It should see him through until tomorrow. Joe was relieved that Aunt Pepper would be at home with her. She didn't know what she would say if her mother asked her some awkward questions. 
The chant was sung and Joe said goodbye to Iki. Off they went, landing right inside of Jeffrey's bedroom. Joe! Jeff! Where are you? Just home in the nick of time. Upstairs. Pepper? What are you doing home so early? And where is Band-Aid? He's not in the yard. Aunt Pepper looked at Joe and wondered what had happened to the dog. Joe's mother climbed the stairs and her face became visibly concerned when she saw Geoffrey in bed. He seems to have a tummy ache and a temperature. Nothing too serious. I've put him to bed. Everything okay at work today, sis? I mean, how come you're so late? Joe dashed downstairs to set the table for tea. She thought if everything were normal looking, then her mother would not be too suspicious of why her brother was in bed. Aunt Pepper came downstairs with her sister. She discussed what she thought was wrong with Jeffrey, but the main question was what had happened to Band-Aid. Everybody called out for Band-Aid, but the dog didn't come and it was getting dark outside. If he doesn't come home soon, we'll have to wait until morning to find him. We can't leave Jeff alone while we look. That damn dog is always getting into trouble. I bet he has a girlfriend and has disappeared to go on a doggy date. (laughs) You never know. We may end up with heaps of Band-Aid-type puppies to look after. That's all we need right now. It would be the last straw. Seems that the sugar mill may close down, and if that happens, there goes my job. I've been looking all afternoon in the employment office in town just in case I do lose my job. Everybody's beginning to panic. It would be a calamity for the town. You've got to be joking. The town needs the sugar mill. It employs most of the townspeople. Joe thought that today seemed only to bring bad news. Pollution in the creek and now the closure of the sugar mill? What else could happen? They had their dinner and Geoffrey was obviously feeling better, yelling orders down the stairs from his bedroom. Joe was starting to get cranky as he was ordering her around and driving her crazy. Just because you're sick in bed doesn't mean I have to be your slave. And it's your own fault that you snuck away and fell in the damn creek. If you don't shut up, I will tell Mum what really happened. You wouldn't just happen to know where Band-Aid is, do you? After all, you were here before I got home. You know where he is, you little snake. Just cough up the information or I'll tell Mum that you know. Well, I guess I do know a little. He did go into the bush with me, but I don't know what happened to him. What? You let us call him and worry all night while he's lost in the bush? You stupid idiot! Don't you realise there are all sorts of dangers out there? Don't call me a stupid idiot. It's not nice. I can't help it if the dog followed me into the bush. So get off my back or I'll tell Mum what you called me. Joe ran down the stairs, her feet hardly touching each step. That brother of mine is an idiot. He just doesn't get it. She found Aunt Pepper drying the dishes and managed to catch her eye so that she could talk to her without her mother hearing. Guess what? That stupid brother of mine said he had the dog with him when he fell into the river. Aunt Pepper turned white. Did the dog jump into the creek to save Geoffrey? only to be caught up in the sludge? If that had happened, then he could have drowned as the sludge could pull him under. There was no time to waste. It had already been too long. She knew that they would have to get help from the creatures. Aunt Pepper walked outside and started to chant, calling all the creatures to help. Come on, everybody, come and help. She managed to attract the attention of the two cranky gulper waters and the slurper downs. Come on, creatures, we need your help. They travelled to Joe's backyard as soon as they heard. Good help, dear. What has happened to call us out at this late hour? 
The dog band-aid that belongs to Joe is lost. Apparently, there was a sighting by the cork up Ripple Creek this afternoon. Do you think you could ask the bunyip if he saw him? It's very important, as the dog might have been caught up in the sludge. Please hurry. We're all very concerned about his welfare. Let's hope he hasn't drowned. The two gulper waters and slurper downs found the bunyip. He was camped close to where he had saved Geoffrey. The bunyip was sitting around a campfire eating marshmallows and drinking hot chocolate. Joe's dog Band-Aid is missing, and we think you may have seen him when you rescued Geoffrey. The bunyip scratched his head and shoved another pink marshmallow into his huge mouth. Melting, oozing, sticky pink liquid dripped down onto his chest. Let me think. The dog was near the water. In fact, he was tugging at something. It may have been a bag. I was rather busy dragging the boy out of the water, and when I turned around, he was gone. I thought he'd probably dashed home. Now I'm worried that he may have sunk into the bottom of the creek. Dogs can swim extremely well, and so I think it highly unlikely that he drowned. The two creatures thanked the bunyip for his time, but where had the dog disappeared to? The only thing to do was to report back to Peppy and make arrangements to search with other gulper waters and slurp it downs. The bush was cold and an eerie feeling came over the two creatures. The wind was howling and the bunyip was having trouble keeping his fire lit. I think I might come and stay in your village tonight. The weather is pretty crook and if I were going to look for that damn dog, we all better get a good night's sleep. The two friends climbed onto the shoulders of the bunyip and hung on. It was going to be a bumpy ride. The bunyip was extremely wise. He had great patience and always managed to find a solution to any problem. Although at that time, he obviously wasn't in tune with his intuition and failed to sense the dog's presence. The creatures were right to feel that somebody was watching them. Band-Aid was close by and feeling so miserable. He had managed to get the bag strap caught around his nose and was in an awful mess. He couldn't bark or move as the bag was weighing him down. Cold, wet and scared, he lay close to the creek hoping that soon somebody would find him. Joe was tossing and turning in bed. She was worried that Band-Aid was all alone in the bush and started fretting that he could have drowned. In the back of her mind, she could hear Band-Aid talking to her, pleading for help. Joe decided to call Iki, and together, she felt they could find the dog. Iki, slurp it downs. Hear my call. Come to my bedroom. I need your help to find Band-Aid, and that's not all. The room was quiet and chilly. Joe was nervous, but at the same time hopeful that her friend would come. It wasn't long before she heard a familiar crash in the wardrobe. She dashed to open the door. Smelly girls just have silly cupboards that slurper downs get stuck in. Don't know why it's important to hide your clothes behind a door. 
Don't complain. You are always travelling into spots you shouldn't be in. It's not my fault you can't seem to manage to come to my room without getting stuck in my wardrobe. Anybody else would have it right by now, so shut up. Don't tell me to shut up, you snivelling, grubby individual. And what do you want? I was in a beautiful sleep dream that I was the queen of Slurpertown's kingdom. Iki, you were in a Slurpertown's kingdom? Never heard of the place? I need your help, please. It's important. Band-Aid is still missing. I seem to hear him in my head. I think he's cold and sick. He needs to be found now, not in the morning. Please, Iki, can you travel us to the creek? I feel we might be lucky enough to find him tonight. Okay, but I'm not sure I can travel you as well. How about you travel yourself and I follow? Well, I have managed to travel myself once before. I'll give it a try. It's not like I'll travel myself to the other side of the world, is it? Joe, did we travel together to the other side of the world or am I having a memory about one of my dreams? Don't be silly. How could we have travelled to the other side of the world? You are only just starting to travel. Don't forget, you've been in trouble with your mum lately about travelling for the first time by yourself. That's the problem, Joe. I can't remember where I travelled to. Could be Timbuktu for all I know. Instead of talking, we need some action. Let's travel to the Cork Upper Ripple Creek. One, two, three, travel us separately. The room started to swirl around in their heads. Coloured lights once again surrounded them and gently lifted them out of the room into the dark night. When they reached the creek, they were happy that they had both done extremely well travelling into the right place. I feel that Band-Aid is over there, somewhere near the creek. Okay, Sherlock, let's give it a whirl. You're probably right seeing it's your dog. Smelly girls know what their dogs are most likely to do, I think. Iki, please. Less of the smelly girl stuff, if you don't mind. You would hate it if I called you smelly all the time. Don't be so sensitive. That's my name for you, whether you like it or not. Come on. This is not finding Band-Aid, and I'm worried he could be hurt. Look, Joe, it's your school bag. Oh, dear, it's in a terrible mess. I don't care about the damn bag. But I do care about Band-Aid. And look, his collar is beside the blasted bag. We can use his collar to find him. I am sure some of the older creatures are experienced in using sense to find things. Where in the world is the dog then? Looks like he pulled your bag out of the creek, so he must be near. The sun was starting to come up. Joan knew that there would be a panic if she wasn't in bed when her mother came into her room to wake her up. They travelled home just in time to hear Joe's mum walking down the hallway with Aunt Pepper coming towards Joe's room. Time to get up, Joe. We have to start looking for Band-Aid after breakfast. Hurry along, Joe, and get a wriggle on. The day waits for nobody. After Joe's mum walked out of the room to check on Geoffrey, Joe signalled to her aunt to come close because she had something to show her. Look, Iki and I found this last night by the creek. What? Do you mean the two of you went into the bush in the middle of the night? Don't you know how dangerous it is out there? Oh, I'm sorry, but I couldn't sleep. And I thought I heard Band-Aid calling to me in my head. Looks like he might have been calling. 
But where is that rascal now? That's the question. I think it would be a good idea if your mum looks after Geoffrey while we all go out and search. The medicine we gave him last night was enough to heal him. Though it surprises me that he doesn't need another dose. Guess he was lucky this time, the little blighter. Aunt Pepper talked Joe's mum into staying behind to look after Jeff. It wasn't hard, as she knew her sister didn't like to wander into the bush. Come on, Joe. We have a very busy day in front of us. Iki's mum will already have arranged the other creatures, and I'm sure that they will all have the provisions ready for our trip. Last night when I was in bed, I felt I heard, as you did, a voice in my head. I'm sure it was the clam people telling me that they had Band-Aid. We will have to travel under the ocean to their town near the coral reef. Not many people have had the privilege of seeing the clam people. A few tourists have mentioned them, but most people think that they've imagined it. Of course, we know better. They do exist. Joe was wide-eyed. She was really going to travel under the ocean? This was something you would see in a science fiction movie, not in real life. She mulled over the wonder of her aunt. She was a magic person to know, and she felt privileged that she was related to her. When they reached the village, everything was organised as she had mentioned. Everybody recognised the importance of the trip and were eager to travel where they had never gone before. Walking to the creek, they all began to sing their gulper waters and slurp it down song. Joe was amazed they could all sing in tune. We are the creatures of the Australian bush, helping our friends as we all should. It's never too late to give a helping hand. Healing people and animals makes us feel grand. When I was a little girl... You have just been listening to the Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales based on the children's book by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories or to purchase hard copies, please visit susan-pease.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-P-E-A-S-E.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on the next magical instalment of the Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek. Listen, enjoy, and learn tips on saving the planet. That is a Slurp It Downs and Gulper Waters fact. This has been a Corky's Group Production 2023. All rights reserved. We'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>